I joked recently on Twitter that I think like the average person kind of upholds their New Year's resolutions to like stay fit and be in the gym and drink more water and exercise and eat healthy for, you know, like a good two weeks. And that's right around the time that Girl Scout cookies go on sale. So (laughs) now the real test. Welcome back to the Can We Talk About This podcast. My name is Chris Elda. Today, I am joined by my friend Mags. We talk about our magical meeting in Paris, the importance of finding your tribe, and why we don't believe in making New Year's resolutions. Maggie is a mindset and mental health coach, and overall, a lovely human being that truly lives her life intentionally. If you've ever considered a life coach, I highly recommend my Mags or uh, Maggie, I guess is your real name, right? Yeah. So Maggie Morrison. Um, so I am a mindset and mental health coach, See, but health coaching is there's a million avenues that you can go. And, you know, I started with the weight loss stuff and, you know, I quickly realized that if you're not in the right mindset, if you have these subconscious, you know, limiting self-beliefs about yourself, you're really not going to get anywhere in life. So my business has kind of transformed in the past year, but, um, you know, mindset is, is, is huge and crucial with, you know, to achieve anything that we want to achieve in life. And mental health is my niche, as you know. Mm-hmm. So I teach, you know, daily lifestyle habits, mindset empowerment, and brain healthy diet, which is crucial. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, high end CEOs and these people who are running these, these crazy businesses and, you know, entrepreneurs were in the, the world of entrepreneurship these days, um, which is a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it's these people have the right mindset and they're driven and they're motivated, but they're eating, you know, they don't really realize that they're eating foods that are really holding them back from focusing um, and, you know, keeping a focus and a positive mental mindset towards what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, before I always say before you diagnose yourself with depression or anxiety, make sure that you're eating a good diet hmm. um, and that you're not surrounded by assholes, but make sure that you're eating a good diet. <laughs> Yeah, that makes a world of a difference, surprisingly. It really does. It really does. I mean, you know, sometimes I'm like, what the hell, you know? Okay, so um, let me formally welcome you to my podcast. This is Maggie, I or Mags. I lovingly call her Mags. Um, we met in 2016 in the city of, what is it, City of Stars? It's Paris. <laughs> Are you sure? Paris is the city of magic, the city of love. I know. We went to Paris for a soul sparkle trip. And um, I had been there for a couple of days before Maggie got there. And I was out running errands or I don't know, probably like buying more bread and champagne because that's (laughs) what you do in Paris. And cheese. Um, And cheese. And so I'd come... Yeah, I'd come back to the hotel and I hadn't made it to the Eiffel Tower yet, but we, our hotel was, you know, just like a stone's throw away from it, which is fantastic. And it was this truly magical hotel. Um, But I walk into the room and I open, I like, I remember like coming in and just like (laughs) flinging the door open and there's Maggie like laying face down on the bed. Zombie mode. (laughs) Yeah. And she had just flown in. I don't know if you caught the red eye or what. And you hit, you like sat up in bed and you're like, hi, I'm Maggie. And I was like, great. I'm Chriselda. I'm about to go check out the Eiffel Tower. And do you want to go? And I took a bottle of wine. Of course. (laughs) 
and you said, is this a brown paper bag? That's the key part. That's the key part. And, and you asked me if it was legal. I said, I said, I think so. Quote, I think so. We're in Europe. And then still, we, so, so we're going out into the streets of Paris thinking that this is legal and okay to do and still keep it in a brown paper bag. Like that's not like shady. <laughs> Let me just backtrack. Let me just let me just backtrack because from my perspective, I'm going into this completely blind. We're going on a soul sparkle retreat. So this is a life coach. Her name is Haley Hunter Hines, and she's just the shit. She's just amazing. And she puts on these these soirees all over the country, all over the world. And you meet like it's it's like a book. And whenever I tell people this story, it's so funny because I flew out on election day. This is the day that Trump became president. That's a whole different story. But you right. know, I flew but yeah, did you just throw up a little bit in your mouth? <laughs> no, but now I'm gonna now I'm gonna have to say that this podcast is explicit. So thanks for that. Oh ah, shit. Um now we said the T word. Dang it. <laughs> oh crap. Um, but you know, it was election day and, and it's like it sounds like a like a real world episode because you're I got on a plane to fly to the other side of the world. I flew out of New York City to meet seven strangers. I hadn't even met Haley before in my mm-hmm. life. And I I I worked full time. Like it was my vacation time, but I worked like literally up until the day before. So I'm on zero sleep. I had traveled from Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, which no one knows what that is, but I traveled an hour and a half to one train station, took a train to Philly, took another train to New York, got to New York, and then got on an eight-hour flight. And so, and then did an eight-hour flight. So by the time I got to Paris, I was just like pooped. And I'm so excited to be there, but I was so exhausted. So it's like every ounce of strength in my body is like carrying me into this hotel room. And I'm like, like it's like one of the scenes out of a movie. I'm like crawling to the bed. You know, I walk into the hotel. We stayed, we stayed at the St. James. I mean, guys, this place, like our hotel room had a piano in it. Like our hotel room had a piano in the room. Our hotel, yes. And you walk in and there was like a little courtyard with like an atrium oh God, and plants. It's like a fairy tale. It's like a fairy tale. And, and I'm in this, oh my, do you remember? And and I'm just, just, just in this fairy tale land, but secretly, secretly, really deep down in front of me, I was so happy to walk into the hotel room and there'd be no one there. I was so exhausted. And I'm like crawling to the bed. I'm inching my way in. This bed feels like heaven. It is love. It is everything that I have prayed for and wished for for the past 14 hours. I put my head on the pillow, guys, and you could probably count to 17. And there's Griselda! <laughs> she's, like, she's like, hey, I'm Griselda. You want to go to this tower? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah! <laughs> With no energy, no feeling in my body. And this woman just, you guys, it was love at first sight. And she walked in and she's like, you want to go? And I was like, you know what? I really don't, but I don't want to make a bad impression. So let's go. You know, we're, we're in Paris. Let's go. And she's like, do you want wine? I said, that's the only reason I'm going to stay awake. Yes. And, you know, we keep this wine in a brown paper bag. <laughs> and we get into, we get an Uber. We realize that there's, I know, Yes. Just the best first impression of any friendship of anybody ever. Like, can I just say I'm so honored to be here and be on this podcast because Chriselda is one of my favorite people in the world. And you just, you can't make a first impression like Chriselda does. Like, no one does. No one has. No one ever will. And 
So we get, we realized that the Paris has Uber. So we're excited about that. We're excited about the wine and a brown paper bag. And we just jump into this Uber and we're like, you know, the Americans that say, take us to the Eiffel Tower. I'm like so sleep deprived I could cry, but I'm just going with it. She's so excited. And we just walk around the streets of Paris with, with wine and uh, midway adventure realize that it is illegal. <laughs> but, you know, I think we just kind of, what was our excuse? Oh, we're American. We didn't know. Was that our excuse? Right. It's, we're American. I didn't know. <laughs> Anyway, so like, like that's one of my favorite photos that you took of me is this picture of me like chugging wine straight from the bottle from the brown paper bag in front of the Eiffel Tower. Like, <laughs> I made it. Yeah, such a cool moment, you know, and, and that was only the beginning. It was like, I mean, I don't want to make this all about like our Paris trip, even though like we could, but the you know, we, we shared so much in that little time that we were together. I don't even remember how long we were there, but we were there for a few days. You know, we cried together. We laughed together. Um, I remember like we had gone to the soccer court and Maggie had like come running up to me. We were at, like at the foot of this, you know, massive church and she comes running up to me. She's like, I bought you a ticket to the carousel. <laughs> And I was like, what? So and we hopped on this carousel and we were like five-year-olds and it was magic. And we went to the Eiffel Tower at night and it was sparkling and snow was falling on our cheeks and we were all crying. And, you know, we, uh, Maggie and I decided to uh, <laughs> go to the Louvre because we needed to check out the Mona Lisa. That's what you do in Paris. But she saw a French man's lip. Well, it was on my bucket list. It was on my bucket list to get a French kiss while no, I was I, there. I, I think that the, I don't honestly Mona Lisa kissing a French man. Mona Lisa kissing a French man. I would probably rather do what you did instead of do what I did. <laughs> I ended up not going into the museum. I ended up hanging out. Like I made it to the Louvre. We were in line to <clears throat> go inside. And I get a text message from somebody that I had met earlier in our trip that he had arrived at the Louvre. And I was like, oh, goodness, like I've got to, I've got, Mags, I got to go. I got to go see about this guy. And I had the most delightful, like little <laughs> mini date in Paris. Who can say that? And I had dessert and a cappuccino or who knows what. And then I got my French kiss right in front of the Louvre. So every time I watch a movie and it's like set in Paris and I see the Louvre, I'm like, oh, right there. That's that's where I got kissed. I just remember like the energy and part of the reason that I wanted to invite you here today to talk about this is not only because you're a life coach, but also because like I feel like we shared like mm -hmm. this really like connected – I, I think I speak for most of us on that trip, you know, we really did come alive. And what was beautiful about it was that we were all from different parts of the world and different walks of life. I mean, like there were women that were in their fifties and, you know, going through like divorces after being married for, you know, decades and, you know, kind of like a renewal. And, um, and so that kind of has always resonated with me. We wrote letters to ourselves that we were supposed to, you know, like read three or six months down the road. Um, just to, yeah. Just to kind of check in yeah. with ourselves. You know, when I decided to do this podcast, like I knew I wanted to bring you on, um, not only because you specialize in life coaching and kind of helping with mindset and things like that, but also because I felt like we shared that intentionality together and just kind of like experienced that. And we, I mean, I, I know I, I say this all the time, but like statistically as a single 
female, small town girl, you know, raising a kid on her own, like I never should have made it to Paris. You know, that just, that just wasn't, you don't take a person from my life circumstances and say, you know, you'll one day go to Paris. Like, no, nobody goes to Paris, you know? So, but it's, we were there and I know that you kind of felt the same way, you know, like what business do I have doing this? I don't know, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to book a flight and I'm going to go meet seven strangers. Yeah. Like it was definitely the same for me. And I think that's, that's one of the many reasons that you and I connected the way we did was just, you know, Mm -hmm. we talked about, you know, before we started recording is you kind of go into this, this life coaching work you know, as the client, you know, as the person who's going to be going through it. And, you know, like I said, I'm designing programs, you know, for my business right now. And it's all like, you know, you, you can choose Mm -hmm. your program based on what, you know, you're going through in your life right now. And, but I also think there's a magic into kind of going into it blindly. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, I mean, for you, girl, you went in, Griselda went to Paris because she was the photographer of the event. And, you know, she joined us in, you know, the, the workshops and the, the healing and the things. And she was just right there with us. And it's just, you know, how it just resonates with so many people that, you know, you made a good point. It, it, it didn't matter, you know, your walk of life. We had people there from Oklahoma and Texas and Pennsylvania and Delaware and California. And, you know, these seven, eight strangers all get together mm-hmm. and just you you create this like vortex of just beautiful vulnerability you're just so transformed you know and that's just I'm so lucky because now you know the guys this was over two years ago and and that was really my introduction to kind of this work and you know for me to you know witness and 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 go through firsthand you know that transformation you know to me coaching isn't about it's not about selling information right like anybody can go online and read, we all know what we have to do. We all know that we need to get eight hours of sleep a day. We all know that we need to, you know, eat more fruits and veggies and less animal meat drink and water. Drink water and do all the things. Mm-hmm. But what's holding us back from actually doing it? We all know what we need to do, but what limiting self-beliefs are holding us back from actually doing it and, and you know, doing it and developing those habits. And so that's just been, it, mm-hmm. it was such an amazing introduction because I went in with no expectations and I went out just, you know, everything was just wide open and, you know, you kind of realize, you know, without even realizing it, you, you kind of come to terms with, okay, this is why I was holding myself back from this. This is what I need to face, you know, like, you know, with different women on the trip, you know, you stuff, stuff came up for you that you didn't even realize like you went in for work you went in thinking that you were doing work you were going to photograph this event and you know this coach had hired right. you to you're a photographer and she'd hired you to do your work and I know a lot of stuff like about your brother came up and just like stuff that you really hadn't been able to talk to anybody about and really you know come to terms with and process and it's just such a beautiful thing how you know when we're in those really vulnerable environments like like for me it was like I don't know these people and I'm on the other side of the world like let's just put it all out there you know but I think that that's that really created a safe space for everybody right. and really helped everybody really transform and you know it's it's gotten you to where you are now it's gotten me to where I am now and it was just such a beautiful experience well that's kind of a great transition into what I wanted to talk to you about today is new year's resolutions are New Year's resolutions still a thing? Do people still make them? So in my world, 
they're not really a thing anymore. Um, you know, for a quote other, mm-hmm. you know, person, they, they may be, but I'm a huge advocate on advocating, you know, not making New Year's resolutions. I think they're, um, I don't know, my perspective is kind of funny. I think they're, I think we're setting ourselves up for failure, like from the beginning. Right. Cause you're making a list of all the things that you don't like about yourself. Like I, I need to lose weight is kind of like starting the year off right. by saying like, I'm unhappy with my weight, which is fine. But I think it's, mm. it's just such a negative way to come into, you know, expected growth. And I don't, I don't know how anybody does that. You know, I think living, being happy and healthy and, you know, excited about life is really, really, really important. And, you know, some people, they, mm-hmm. they're just going through the motions because they, quote, should be doing it. Like New Year's resolutions. Like people set them because they should. And what the brain does subconsciously is when we feel like we should, we've already categorized it into something that's daunting. It is something that's either time consuming or exhausting mm-hmm. or, you know, we don't, we don't want to do it. And so we've kind of set ourselves up for failure already because we put this thing in our brain that we have to do it no matter what because it's what the world wants because it's January 1st and it's the first of the year and I think I should Mm -hmm. be doing this because if I don't, then my year's just worthless. Well, and I mean, I don't even, I mean, I think if I've ever set New Year's resolutions, I don't even remember what they were. You know, and I joked recently, I joked recently on Twitter that I think like the average person kind of upholds their New Year's resolutions to like stay fit and be in the gym and drink more water and exercise and eat healthy for, you know, like a good two weeks. And that's right around the time that Girl Scout cookies go on sale. So (laughs) (laughs) now the real test, now the real test comes up. People want, people want like ultimate results these days. You know, we live in a very fast paced you know, drive through happy meal mentality where we, you know, we, we want to see, you know, change immediately. And a lot of times that, that people, you know, like with coaching programs, like, you know, I, you don't design a program that's only four weeks long. That's not long-term change, you know, right. Mm -hmm. Then they're good for, for four weeks. And then, you know, they're just going to go back to the same old habits. And so I think it's definitely habit building is all about being long-term. And so, you know, like when people said New Year's resolutions, like you said, you made a perfect point that 99% of New Year's resolutions are about getting back in shape, but you're not going to get back in shape in a month. And then what happens is we right. have these really unattainable goals is what it is. And, and, you know, it's admirable, but it's unattainable. And then when we don't achieve them, what happens is we actually are setting ourselves up for failure because we're then overwhelmed with you know let down and self-sabotage and see I knew I couldn't do it and I didn't achieve this so now I'm just going to give up everything overall because I didn't achieve this one thing and it's how the brain works man if you're not in control of your thoughts it's you know your brain can can run run rapid so do you think that like smaller for example I do what I call like monthly intentions so does that kind of help change your mentality does you know having smaller doses Mm -hmm. and smaller goals or is it like you said not really um yeah so so two things to that so I think you know like I said it's it's I've seen clients and work with clients and a, a good example of this is you know 
there's a client who, you know, she wanted to strengthen her arms because she wanted to be able to hold her, her granddaughter. Right. So I said, okay, well, what Aww. can we do so, so that, yeah, no, it's very beautiful. And, you know, she's, she want to get back in shape. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got grandbabies now and she's got to be able to keep up with them. So, you know, she's like, I need, I need to strengthen my arms. I need to be able to hold the baby. I said, that's beautiful. You know, what can we do to strengthen your arms? And she said, well, I'm going to do a hundred pushups a day. And I said, okay, <laughs> okay. You know, that's admirable. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to, you know, shoot her down. But I said, just hear me out. I said, those hundred pushups, are you going to be able to do those hundred pushups every day? And, you know, she's, she's, we're in, you know, mid session. She's, she's going, she's motivated. She's so excited about all of this. And she's just, you know, just going in ready to rock and roll, just wanting to get, you know, stronger. And, so when you're in that mindset, you're just like, she's like, yeah, a hundred pushups. I'll do it every day. And I said, okay. I said, so are you going to do those hundred pushups when you have a bad day? Are you going to do those hundred pushups when, you know, you're extra tired because you were up the night before, you know, with either the grandbabies or your daughter or, you mm-hmm. know, something. Are you going to do those hundred pushups when you and your husband get into a fight? And I said, how about we set a smaller goal and we'll do five pushups a day. And we'll do it every day. And then if we do it every day for two weeks, a month, whatever, then we'll increase it. But the thing is, when you say, I'm going to do 100 push-ups, your brain has now told yourself that that is the thing. It's, it's 100 push-ups is, is, is a thing, right? And then the first day, you don't do those 100 push-ups. You're like, oh, I might as well just eat like a, like a whole quarter of ice cream. Well, right. And, and but you decide you're not going to do any push-ups because your brain tells you to do 100 or none do you know what I mean and then not following through results in you know feeling a failure resulting in self-doubt and then your brain says you know I don't have the ability to achieve to achieve other things that I want to see in my life and so on and so forth and it's just like a bad you know downward spiral domino effect and so now you've just given up on those 100 push-ups now you do none because you've given up on this thing. Whereas if you set these smaller, more attainable goals, you're more apt to achieving them. Um, So instead of calling it a goal, just call it a habit. When you call it a habit, you're like, okay, well, if it's a habit, I can do that because I have other habits. It's completely attainable. I'll do these small, tiny, tiny habits throughout my days and my weeks, and I'll do it on a consistent basis. So I'm not an overwhelm. I'm achieving what I want to achieve and I'm achieving long-term health and success and whatever I want to see happen in my life because I'm doing the small things every single day. There's, there's such a thing as, and you know, the more I, I research the brain, it just, it fascinates the crap out of me. And, and, you know, I, I, in time, I really want to work with like really high end CEOs and people that run these big businesses. You know, I had a client who, you know, ran a billion dollar company, I had a client this past year. And, you know, his company hired me because he was just burnt out. He was going through a divorce outside of work. And because of all these decisions that he had to make outside of work, by the time he got to work, he was in decision burnout. And it's a real thing. Like your brain only can make a certain amount of decisions every single day until the decisions that you make are just not as good because you're just burnt out. Right. So if we create, if we turn these decisions these little decisions into just daily habits. Therefore, we don't have to think about them. So we're literally saving our brain power and our decisions on the more important things because the small things are just habitual. 
Right. That right. Sense? Right. Absolutely. Well, and it's kind of like if even if your resolution is something, you know, like I want to save money this year, you know, instead of saying like, oh, my gosh, like every paycheck, I have to pull money out of my paycheck and set it aside in a savings account that I'm not going to touch and I don't have access to. And it might just be something as like simple as saying, you know what, let me just get in the habit of making my coffee at home instead yeah. of going to Starbucks every morning. Um, and then eventually that kind of just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's a good point. It's, 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 you have to attain these small goals that are obtainable, you know, don't say, well, I'm going to take money out of my paycheck every week. What if you can't afford to, you know, like, what if you can't afford to take money out of your paycheck to put away? So right. you made a perfect point. Like, you know, utilize what you already have, you know, maybe take, like you said, it was a perfect point, you know, maybe stop spending money on mm-hmm. certain things you don't need to, you know, cut back in other ways, but it's really important to set, goals that you know you can achieve like tomorrow. And so you're saying that anytime we set a goal, um, we, you know, most of the battle is a mental struggle. You know, do I deserve to lose the weight? Do I, am I, you know, like, how do you encourage your clients to kind of see that breakthrough, even if it's just in baby steps? Like I know we're touching on meditation and kind of like centering yourself before you start the day and before you bring in outside elements in your everyday life. But are there other, you know, habits that you can pick up that kind of like put you in that right frame of mind um, to like help you be more aware of, you know, it's, it's like you make a point. It's all about you and your perception of the situation that you're in. And, you know, when I tell clients, especially like, you know, my big niche is mental health and, you know, like anxiety and depression, it can be, it it can really take over your mind if you let it. And it's, it's really important to, you know, when you're in that, you know, the, the self-sabotaging gremlins are going into the back of your mind and you start, well, I don't deserve this. Well, who am I? You know, ask yourself, what part of you is afraid? Is it, is it fear of failure? You know, do you really not believe that, you know, what the work that you're doing isn't meant to be in the world? Because it is. There's a part of you, if you're still fighting for this, if you're still putting effort into it, if you're still, there's a part of you that believes it's achievable. And what the brain does, Mm -hmm. you know, our brains were built 2 million years ago when, you know, they relied on our fight or flight response because we had to run out of the way if a lion or a tiger were were running at us, right? So 2,000 years later, hopefully, I don't know where you guys, where our listeners are living, but I I live in Philadelphia. There's no tigers running at me. (laughs) Our, our, Our fight or flight response from our adrenal gland those hormones go right into your brain and they tell your brain to shut off. They tell you that there's harm, that I'm scared, that I have anxiety. You're releasing cortisol, which is the stress hormone into your body, which is telling your body Mm -hmm. to shut down. There's danger. And these days it's not lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. So now in 2019, that same fear comes up in different forms depending on what you're doing you know I I, if you say to yourself I'm never going to be the mother that my mother was or I shouldn't have kids because I didn't have a good mother so I don't know how to be a good one what you're doing is you're putting yourself into flight fight or flight response your body's shutting down and you're telling yourself "Eh, eh, eh, get myself out of the situation because I'm viewing this as fear and what you have to do is you have 
you have to have to have to have to have to shift yourself out of that mindset and say, okay, you know, I'm viewing this as danger, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. Like fear and danger, you know, by definition are whatever, but biologically our body, our brain is trying to protect us. Our brain, it, it means well, but in this day and age, mm-hmm. sometimes it, it holds people back from achieving amazing, amazing, beautiful things that the world needs right now. And never has there been a time in human history in which we had more opportunities to make money. We've had more opportunities to start our own businesses. Do you remember, Caselda? I mean, how many years ago when you know the stock market was doing what it was doing? And, you know, I've, I've, brothers that are much older than me, you know, when they graduated college with business degrees and you couldn't start your own business in America 10 years ago, there was no chance in hell you were going to win or succeed. And now with social media and technology and just, you know, like I was talking to guests at the restaurant, it was Black Friday. And I said, you know, have you guys gotten shopping done? He said, no, but I saw on the news (laughs) that there were people paying people (laughs) to do their black, to stand in line and do their Black Friday shopping for them so that they didn't have to take a day off work. I mean, there's people getting paid for that these days. It's crazy. And there's never been more opportunities for us to do exactly what we want to do, to create the impact that we're meant to create, to, you know, go out of our way and achieve these amazing things and help people who need to hear our voices. And it's that that self that self-talk, that self-sabotage that you know your brain starts to do because again, it means well, it's trying to protect you. But you have to learn how to exactly. acknowledge those thoughts and turn them around and say, okay, I know I'm scared, but that does not mean I'm going to give up. And, you know, Tony Robbins says all the time, when your brain starts to go into that, that, that place, and I tell clients myself, think of three things that you're appreciative for. It's, it's all science. It's all biology, right? Because your brain starts to focus on, if your brain starts to go into fear mode and protection mode, it's, you know, I'm not a good mom. And then it goes into catastrophic thinking and why, that's why I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Right. Whereas if we switch our, our thought process mm-hmm. and you're mindful enough to maybe set an alarm on your phone, you know, just, just remind yourself of three things that you're appreciative of. And, you know, three things that I'm appreciative of is my health, my businesses, and the people in my life that are helping me succeed. And once I start thinking about all those amazing people and start thinking about my health and how good I feel and about my business and how much I want to do, how do I feel when I'm thinking about those things? I feel, I feel better than I did 15 seconds ago because I'm thinking of these good things that are happening in my life that I'm really appreciative of. You're literally changing the biology, you change the exactly. biology of your body. Mm-hmm. You're changing your your thought process and how your thoughts work, and you're shifting your brain back to okay, come back to reality. Not all, there's no tiger lion running at me. I am going to achieve whatever I want to achieve, and that's where I am. And you know, it's it's mindfulness. It's really you know taking a hold of uh of your thoughts. And in one of my programs, we we track your thoughts. It's actually really really cool three months, 90 day program. It's really, really cool. You track your thoughts throughout the day and you really like on a piece of paper, you know, you track your thoughts and you, you keep track of what thoughts you write them all down. And then at the end of the day, it's kind of upsetting sometimes in some sessions because you, you know, my clients, my clients will read what they tell themselves and they're like, Holy shit. I didn't think I hated myself so much. And it, but you, but you don't realize that you're not, you're not doing it on purpose. Right. It's your brain trying to protect you 
from what it's perceiving to be danger. And, you know, the more we really learn how to keep track of our thoughts and the way our mind works and, you know, the things that we do and say, we can kind of, you know, also be able to acknowledge it and, you know, turn it around and talk ourselves out of it so that we can, you know, continue forward into what, you know, we're meant to be and what we're meant to achieve. It's really cool stuff. I love that so much. You know, we, we had, um, was it, we wrote letters to like our six-year-old self or like, was it the younger self? We wrote oh, a gosh. letter to our younger selves yeah. and, um, she had kind of said like, you know, to the person, like this voice inside your head that tells you all the reasons you can't do these things, like thank it for showing up and then say like, I got it from here, you know, like, thank you for showing up and trying to protect me but I've got this. And, you know, that was really cathartic for me because a lot of times, like I will listen to that voice so much, like I'm going to fail or on the flip side, like this is so good. Like I'm going to succeed. And then how am I going to handle it? You know, um, Ooh, that's but a one. Yep. Yep. whenever we feel these feelings of, you know, I'm terrified of this and, or I'm going to fail or, you know, it is like our inner self, this inside voice saying like, Hey, um, I'm just here to protect you, man. And you're like, well, that's great, but I got this, you know? So, um, thanks bro. I know you mean well, but nah, like I got this, (laughs) but, um, but I love that so much just being kind of mindful of the way that our brain works and why it's showing up the way that it does and how it manifests itself in like our perception of self and success and life and relationships and, you know, parenting, like that it, like your mind has everything to do with it. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to talk about New Year's resolutions because I wasn't sure if people still do them or if it was just kind of outdated. I've never done them. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. part laziness and part, you know, me saying like, well, that's not really, really realistic. And maybe I'm just ahead of my time or whatever. But I do have a couple of questions. I did have somebody message me when I told them I was going to be talking oh, awesome. to you. And they had a couple of questions um, for you. Mm-hmm. They wanted to know how modern technology has impacted our resolutions. Oh, modern technology. Well, like I said, it's, you know, I mean, social media is just, oh, goodness. It's it's a blessing and a curse. Um, but, you know, in a sense of like, you know, if somebody does, you know, set a New Year's resolution and they do set these goals, I think technology has really helped because it's like, you know, I mean, God, you can YouTube anything now. It's nuts. Like it's nuts. Like if you, do you know what I mean? Right. Like if you're like, if you're afraid to be seen in the gym, yeah. If you're afraid to be seen in the gym because you just don't feel comfortable in gym clothes, like you can YouTube yoga in your living room or, you know, yeah. Look up dietary whatevers, look up, you know, like I, you know, go on YouTube and look up workout videos or, you know, say, this is what I want to do, you know, learn how to, you know, sell clothes out of your closet or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to resolutions and technology, like I, like the point I made earlier, I think it's, it's super, super cool because, you know, there's never been a time where we had more at our fingertips. Right. You know, sometimes people, (sighs) entrepreneurship and, and setting goals sometimes and, you know, doing something that not everyone else is doing is hard because you feel like you don't really have a tribe behind you. Right. I've been, I knowing people like you and, you know, the world that we're in with like with Haley and, you know, Kate Butler and all these amazing coaching women and these people that I have 
that I, I purposely put at my fingertips for if and when I would need support, guidance, whatever. You know, that's my tribe and I have those people when I need them. And I think it's really important to, you know, find people who are like-minded, find people who are on a similar path, a similar journey, have similar goals, want to achieve similar things in their life. And, you know, find them on Facebook, find them in a Facebook group, you know, find them in a chat, find them, you know, on YouTube, you know, create a channel and, and, you know, get followers mm-hmm. and subscribers and, you know, research things that you're interested in and, and network. And exactly. You know, so really put yourself out there, you know, find, find the people who are on, you know, a similar mission as you, because it makes all the difference. To tie it all back in or come full circle. Like I think when it comes to setting intentions for ourselves or goals for ourselves or things that we want to achieve, you know, like you said, it's just a matter of getting out of your way. And, um, really that's really the only thing that holds you back from most of it is yourself because everybody else will be supportive. If you were to tell me right now, like you wanted to, you know, fly to Paris and you're going to live there for a month, I would be like, sweet. Like I'm coming to visit, you know, most people in your life are super supportive of you, you know, and you know, unless you, and if not, you're right. You're surrounding yourself by assholes, you know, so get out of the, get out of that toxic environment and find people who are going to really say, I'm uplifting you and I'm here for you. And I'm like, I believe in you. Um, it's not just, you know, saying, okay, well, I'm going to get out of my own way. And I'm going to do it. It's, it's a lot to do with being able to trust people and let people in and, you know, going back full circle, you know, to answer the question, it's, it's, you know, utilize technology and find your tribe and find your people, but also be open to them. And, you know, if you feel like you're alone, you feel like, feel like nobody in your, in your, you know, immediate circle is really supportive of what you're doing, which can happen. Um, you know, find the people that do and be open and be grateful and be, you know, acknowledging of who they are and what they're trying to do for you. Okay, so let's wrap up. I am going to um, just ask you, you know, just tell me where we can find you. um, If people are interested in going through live coaching with you, like how they would get a hold of you. Mm-hmm. So my website is maggieshappyhabits.com. Uh, you can go on the website, all of my um, programs are on the website so you can pick and choose whatever you know resonates with you whatever's going through your life right now um i also do miracle mindset calls which are an hour if you don't want to you know uh devote yourself to a month or a three-month course and you kind of want to do just a quick you know hour talk chat get to know each other see if it's a good fit i also do miracle mindset calls um and that's an option on the website as well and you can always just reach out to me send me an email you know through the website um send me an email we can definitely set something up um on social media obviously um as everyone is on facebook and instagram and uh reach out if you guys ever need anything you know like i said even if it's just an hour chat just to kind of figure out where you're at um i'm here well, thanks so much for taking your time. I know time is uh, a precious commodity. So thank you for <laughs> taking your time to um, share with me about New Year's resolutions and like some healthy habits to acquire and, you know, incorporate into your daily life. Oh, this was so much fun. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I love you yeah, so much. I love what you're doing, Griselda. I'm so excited to see how this flourishes. Thank you. And what this turns into. I'm so excited. Yes. And <laughs> we'll, we'll have to um, make a trip and go to Paris and make out with the Frenchmen some more. <laughs> hey, it's my turn to make out with the Frenchmen, okay? You got your turn. 
Thanks so much for tuning into this week's podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That will really help me out as I get this baby off the ground. You can find more information about Maggie on the show notes page. And I'm all over the internet as Chriselda, Twitter, Instagram, but not Facebook. I don't know how to Facebook. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.